Hello, and welcome back to the Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and this is the first episode in a special module choice series. Your department rep, Molly, joined me for interviews with the program leaders for each of the disciplines within PPE, where we answered questions submitted by students about the module choice process this year. These episodes are meant to help current first and second year students choose their modules for next year. This episode is with Alex Hall and covers politics. The next one will be with Dominic Spangler and the economics modules. And the last one is with Annette Zimmerman and the philosophy modules. I'd like to thank the three program leaders for taking the time to sit down with me. And I hope these episodes are useful to listeners who are choosing their modules soon. Without any further ado, enjoy the episode. Hello, uh, Alex and uh, Molly. Thank you for sort of coming on the show. Uh, Molly Puffett's going to help me out here with uh, with some some interviewing to try and figure out what's going on with uh, modules this year. Thank you so much, the the two of you, for coming on. You're welcome. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's no. great, great to support the student initiative. I'm really glad you're organizing it. I'm sure the students will find it really useful. I, I certainly hope so. And uh, with that in mind, we can just jump right into... Uh, sort of the, the the changes sort of due to COVID of the structure of module information this year? Yes. Sort of sort of how is that how has that changed? Where are students going to be able to access module information? Yeah, it's a, a great question because I you know um because usually of course uh students, you know, in in the second year will have an will have been expecting their module choice event to have happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But um, this year, we we took the decision in PPE to make sure that it aligned usefully with the confirmation of departmental teaching plans. So to, to kind of cut a long story short, of course, the module offerings that PPE students can select from are built up from modules that are offered in the three departments. Um, and obviously lots of them are core modules, they run every year, but some of the research-led modules in the third year um, kind of shift slightly year on year as staff um, go on research leave and you know kind of new modules are developed. So uh, until the departments have finalized exactly what they're gonna be teaching next year, it, it didn't seem to us to make a lot of sense to kind of do a module choice event because then you wanna get on with investigating your modules um, and that information is not available. So there's nothing really has changed, just that everyone's uh, planning this year has been kind of shifted back a few weeks. Uh, so the module choice event now that we'll be running in PPE will be next week, week eight. Um, and then what will happen is that will hopefully align with the departments uh, letting us in PPE know their final module offerings for the coming academic year. And then you guys will be set up to be able to um, access the departmental events that will give students on PPE but also the single honours students information about the modules. So I mean for those of you who've kind of selected modules before usually what happens is that um, you get invited along to kind of a lecture theatre, it's a conference style event, you get to kind of wander around and chat to staff and students and it's really difficult to replicate that um, in a virtual environment. So I, I've confirmed that I think um, Politics definitely, and probably economics and philosophy will be uh, doing some kind of other event to make sure that students have access to the people who will be teaching them and the chance to ask questions and find out about the modules. Um, in politics, uh, this will more than likely take the form of short videos produced by module conveners. So they'll chat about the content of the module. And of course, PPE students will be able to access those. Um, and as we receive information about what the other departments are doing, we'll obviously let PPE students know. So to cut a long story short, next week with the module choice, 
uh, event in PPE will set you up to be able to know what you're looking out for and to give you information about the forthcoming events in the departments that you should be plugging into and attending. Beautiful. And that will just, those events will just sort of sort of show up on students' calendars yeah. and... Yeah, if there's, if there's a virtual event that's anything to do with Zoom, it'll be timetabled in. Yeah, it's a great question. So if there's anything, if there's a big virtual meeting, for instance, and I, I, literally, I wish I could tell you department's final plans, but I, I'm not sure philosophy has decided different, but they'll be doing so shortly. To be clear, this isn't just a PPE cohort. I mean, all of the students, you know, this is straight on the students too. But yes, whatever format it'll take, whether it's a big virtual meeting, it'll obviously be appearing on your timetable with a link, or if it's a, a VLE style arrangement, with short videos you'd obviously be given access to that um, too uh, and we'll obviously keep you updated about how to access all that information um, when it's available to us. Lovely. Uh, Molly if you'd like to sort of sort of kick us off on the sort of more module focus and politics focused questions that'd be lovely. Yeah. I just sorry I just want to add one more thing as well mm -hmm. so we are just, just sorry Mark not to cut your foot no, so no basically our, and then after the module I think what will happen is that towards the end of this term kind of into the Easter uh, break departments and PP will be more certain about what's available and then the module choice window which is when the, the technical platform opens for you to make your choices will be aligned with the department so everyone's module choices will selection is being pushed back slightly this year certainly later than last year and it looks um to us uh the dates will be confirmed but it's kind of um late april to the beginning of may and that's when the the platform will be open the google doc will be open and that's when you get to submit your choices now our plan is to make sure that you have access to the documents ahead of the the deadline for you to submit it so you have a chance to you know to research the modules and for you to kind of um Kind of fill in the form and so forth and you'll be given information about that but basically no one's missed anything the module choice window that as in the technical platform will be available kind of late april early may that's the same for everybody not just for ppe students but also single honors students just wanted yeah. to add that in case you thought you perfect yeah. yeah that's going to be necessary information yes. for us <laughs> more to do with the politics what sort of skills will students get in second and third year no matter what modules they do choose like kind of an overarching across politics yeah that's that that is a good question um i just finished teaching um my third year modules that's the module that i convene it's a kind of a one a one um term module plenty of pp students took it and i'm always really struck because I, te I teach personally second and third year and i'm always really struck by the difference in a second and a third year essay so i'm going to talk from politics here i think you know annette and dominic in philosophy and economics would have a different version of this but in politics i think what what really builds from stage one to stage two and then stage two to stage three is um is students confidence about being able to locate the material they're reading within uh, a kind of a range of disciplinary approaches and also their ability to reflect critically on the material they're engaging with. Um, so, I mean, just the way that we kind of structure the degrees in York, stage one is designed to give students what I was thought of as a kind of firm foundation in the, in the discipline. So in politics, that's about making students aware of the range um, of study within politics, uh, some of the diversity in approaches. And then stage two is around developing and consolidating that knowledge 
uh, building uh, familiarity with content, but also building critical skills of uh, reflection and analysis and argument. So politics students um, are often really encouraged to think about crafting a critical argument and the assessments are often, you know, especially kind of geared towards honing that skill, about developing a critical argument and and being able to substantiate that argument and um, and weigh up different forms of evidence. Um, and then the stage three is really about, yeah, I mean, further improving and developing those skills. Um, so within politics, I think what you can expect to find from the beginning to the end of you know your your studies with us is a a growing ability to develop um, a, a kind of critical synthesis of views, a growing uh, confidence in being able to evaluate ideas and evidence, and a growing confidence to be able to to critically develop um, an argument within that literature. Um, and I think, I mean, I think in, I really think in kind of conjunction with the other disciplines that those skills and are, are really important for, for the job market and for further study. Um, I think PPE students, you know, the ones that I've seen, especially in stage three, have really taken on board the interdisciplinarity of their programmes and have brought a different set of insights to the study of politics. I certainly notice that in the third year essays that I mark on my module. I think you can usually tell a PPE student, you know, from, from the way that they're able to bring in insights that sometimes are single on as students, you know, I'm not saying they're any better or worse, it's just a different take on it. And I think that's something that PPE students can expect across the board. Well, in that, uh, in that intro video to PPE that the university made a few years ago, uh, they sort of advertised PPE as uh, if you want to become the student that becomes the sort of person who's able to look at the newspaper and know exactly what's going on, uh, sort of PPE is the degree for you. And that's certainly certainly why I chose it. Some, yeah. uh, some good insights there. If we yeah. could get a, a little bit more uh, specific on uh, uh on one question that I had, uh, could you go over uh, some of the general information, like a general overview of some of the most popular second and third year modules? Uh, I'm aware that not all of them are, are are sort of secured and finalized yet. What it'll look like for next year, but just from from what yeah. you do have. So I, I asked. Yes, yeah, so we've researched this. So the the one that's really popular for um, for stage two politics is is War and Peace that has the most PPE students signed up to it. Uh, so War and Peace is quite an interesting, I mean, it, it looks at the, the, the many reasons behind the outbreak of conflict and how conflict can be resolved. Now, even within that apparently straightforward question, there's a big diversity of views about how and why war happens and conflict happens and the steps that we might take to build peace. Um, so, I mean, that's a popular one. I think it, it, it's taught in quite an interesting way. It has a kind of a problem, um, kind of team challenge element to it that students often really enjoy. It's, it involves kind of working collaboratively um, to kind of solve problems within uh, within a kind of an imagined context, you know, in the outbreak of, of war and so forth. I also think state economy and society is another really popular one with the PPE students. Um, kind of widely taken up. It has clear links between philosophy and politics uh, too. Um, looking at the relationship, you know, the development of the political economy and how um, 
how you can't understand politics without looking at kind of economic features and vice versa, but also kind of historical aspect too, which I think is really, really valuable. Um, in philosophy, uh, the stage two uh, module that's apparently most popular is the applied ethics. I'm not sure that's a, is that an option module? I think, it, yeah, it is. Um, that appears to be, re I mean, I think the PP students really go for the modules that clearly kind of span a couple of disciplines and I, I think that, that they are they are really attractive so in mean, the third year in politics third year in philosophy for instance um one of the most um kind of popular ones is the one uh that looks at um theories of social justice now this clearly spans a kind of a philosophy uh kind of take on social justice alongside a kind of more policy relevant take on it and so i think you know PPE students are drawn towards those modules that I think express really clearly a disciplinary synergy. Um, another one that's really popular at stage three um, is knowledge and democracy, again, uh, clearly spanning kind of politics um, and philosophy in a really straightforward, kind of coherent way. I mean, students are drawn towards that too. Um, I'm not sure it's possible to cover all of them because it does change a little bit year on year certain cohorts have ones that they love and you know and, and but the popularity kind of wanes and so forth I, th I think if I were if, if I were, if I were a PPE student kind of choosing ones that were popular I think it might be helpful to choose about the things I think would really stand you in good stead to think about I think I'm perhaps talking particularly about stage three because um the stage three modules are often, well, they are, they're research led in to the extent that they reflect very closely the research interests of the person who's teaching them. Um, so all of the people who are lecturing you are active researchers. They're publishing and writing books and journal articles and contributing to policy debates and, and, and the rest of the things that you know we're up to. But I think what's I think what sometimes students forget to kind of play centrally that you can find out a lot about a module and the content if you pick up a paper that the lecturer has written <clears throat> or indeed engage with the book that they've written. Um, because in in any topic in politics, there are many different ways to approach it. You can apply a quantitative analysis, a political science analysis. There's comparative politics, uh, kind of cri critical theory inspired perspectives and so forth. And the, the staff who, member who's teaching you will be aligned with one of those. So, for instance, I teach you know, a module on, uh, on border politics and I, my research is, is qualitative. It's kind of empirically rich and concerned with interviews rather than the quantitative analysis of migration flows I'm interested in a critical take on border surveillance technologies for instance now I often find that students join in the module and then perhaps in week two or three just you know this is one I expected at all but I think students can find out a lot about modules that interest them by by looking at not not only do they like the member of staff as in did you enjoy being taught by them in year two but do you, do you find yourself with an affinity towards the approach they're going to take in the module theoretically you know and if you you can you can get a lot of information not only from the module catalog but also just by picking up something that that staff member has has written and i think you know I, i'm not sure whether sometimes students know that that's that's a really important way of finding out whether you're going to enjoy it you know or whether you're going to find it to be something that you you, you feel you, you didn't want to do 
if that makes sense. I'm not sure whether that's helpful or not, but yeah. So if you're looking to uh, to read more over over the break, <laughs> uh, you've, been, a... you've been given a directive straight from but, but, the but, politics program. By stage later. three, you should all know that reading the abstract and the conclusion is often as good as reading the entire thing. So I'm not suggesting you spend like hours poring over someone's book, but you know, I think you can get a feel mm -hmm. for it. Whether it's going to be something that annoys you, whether it's something that you feel an affinity for, whether it ties in with the you will all by stage two have kind of be getting a feel for some of the things that you think, yeah, that makes sense to me. I really, I, that, 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 that looks to me like a really interesting and productive way of viewing the world theoretically or empirically. And I think, you know, I'm talking perhaps specifically from stage two to stage three, where the modules do become such as, I know you're all busy people. You won't be kind of like, you know, spending your Easter break, pouring over books, but Many of you will be pragmatic about your reading at this stage and maybe just the abstract will be useful to find out what staff are interested in. So I waffled for a little bit there. No, perfectly relevant and interesting there. And I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll take you up on that for sure. I'll be uh, I'll be reading some of the some of the some of the third third year uh, lecture books and and uh, essays and so yeah I mean just to point out that the module catalogue of course and I know you'll know this but the module catalogue often has like some indicative reading you know so you you know you search for a module online you know it comes up and then it tells you about the assessment and it has the little paragraph but it also has a couple of books at the, at the ends and you know that's a really useful way just for kind of for thinking is this actually going to be something that I'm going to value and appreciate or is this not an approach that I'm concerned or interested with it. To be clear, that's more at stage three. In the stage two modules, we're, st we're still, in a way, the choice becomes, does this topic interest me? Does it align with the other stuff that I'm doing? And does it set me up to do some of the stage three modules in a kind of coherent way? So that I guess the choice, the things to consider moving stage one to stage two, and then stage two to stage three, they're slightly different. Um, I mean, running through all of it, of course, will be a concern with making sure you've got kind of adequate requisites and you've hit the, the core modules and so forth. I mean, that work is done for you. Um, and then with your option modules, you get to play around with things that will interest you, but also align well with what you want to kind of go on to study. Um, so yeah, I mean that that you know doing extra reading and kind of a search around staff members perhaps is something to consider more for for stage three modules. Molly, fire away! What do you got? Do you think that there are any modules that could be considered a bit of a dark horse in the module catalogue? Um, <laughs> any modules that students might not be aware of or that aren't usually taken up but have some good content? Yeah, I mean, I think if any, any staff member who is there in front of you would say, well, my module's like that, you know, the module that I do is absolutely vital and yet somehow doesn't kind of, you know, get people interested. Um, I, I, sometimes I think students are likely to kind of, I think students often want to be reassured that they're going to find content interesting and then perhaps ask for the most popular ones and then things that their friends enjoyed and there's a kind of a peer reviewed style thing going on. That's really natural. Um, I mean, certainly, I mean, just, okay, just let's look at the ones that aren't perhaps um, as popular uh, in politics in uh, stage three. So one that doesn't have that many uh, uh, PPE students signed up to it is insurgency and civil wars. Um, I mean, that strikes me, I mean, not entirely clear it'll be running next year, but that strikes me as something that, that would be, I mean, I guess interesting for, for, for somebody who is, a, he, he would, go nicely with the war and peace it would kind of align with an interest in um uh kind of a broad view of kind of concerns about security and terrorism for instance the outbreak of kind of conflict the one uh, that doesn't also um 
have many in politics is political psychology and public opinion. Now that would be more of a, a kind of a, um, a political psychology take on why it is that certain kind of political messages and discourses are, are taken up more than others I, I feel I feel like I don't want I mean this is just reading off some of the ones that you know from this year but I feel like I don't want to pinpoint modules because that you know I, I know what will happen is that students will kind of think well you know I don't know and will go away but I think you you do need to usefully what you could do is investigate the staff member perhaps at stage three uh, of course, take into account, you know, your peers and what people have, you know, the year above you have, have enjoyed and have found valuable and useful, but also, you know, leave space to have a, a good hunt round the module offerings and the videos and resources that staff will make available um, and not necessarily kind of be led by the crowd so much and, and to appreciate that, that it really does depend on your emerging interests within your degree and those will be unique for everybody the, the the modules that you've taken so far that you have found have really hit a nerve with you or that you've really enjoyed or found fascinating and then follow the line up and say well who taught that module and what do they do in the third year or you know I remember that reading was really recommended you know how does that article that I really loved fit into politics as a discipline you know, is it political science? Is it kind of a, a comparative approach? You know, is there more of that stuff that I can do? Um, I don't want to highlight particular modules as being, you know, but but I think you should look upon, I mean, there'll be new offerings like they are every year that, you know, the, the, the catalogue will shift slightly. And I think you should approach it with an open mind um, to see what, you know, what you've enjoyed so far and whether you can find modules that align well with it. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So I, I'll take this next one directly off uh, the Google Doc that we got this yeah. uh, sort of information from, or the, the Google form, uh, excuse me, that uh, that student submitted the questions off of. Yeah. And uh, this was a question sort of around uh, what builds the best from the modules taken at uh, year one or year two into year two and three. And uh, sort of the example was if you enjoyed module X or this aspect of module X in second yeah. or first year, you might like module Y in second or third year. Yeah, that is that is really interesting. And I, I, I you know, within PPE and then the joint honors programs, you know, there are, there are many different ways to answer that question. So I guess rather than kind of. Uh, kind of identifying individual modules, I think I'll just reiterate what I just said, which is that so staff will be coming, will have organised their modules in the stage one to give students an overview and grounding. In stage two, modules become more specialised and will kind of break off into uh, different theoretical approaches or different empirical concerns. Um, and that's the way that stage two works. There's more options because it becomes more specialised and it builds on stage one. And then in stage three, we become even more specialised and modules become research led in that they directly reflect the research interests, usually of the person who is um, devising and teaching them. So I think, you know, there are many ways to, to think about your degree. You should pick uh, modules, of course, that, um, you know, that you, I think you should pick modules, not necessarily to do with kind of usefulness, although I'm, I think there's a case for that in some of the economics modules and kind of looking ahead to further study. But, but one way of thinking about the module choice is uh, modules uh, that align with a particular kind of 
disciplinary approach or empirical area so i mean y- y- you will come into contact in politics with uh with political philosophers and, and political philosophy approaches these are very similar to kind of to the philosophy modules in many ways and they take a kind of uh, a, a normative often view on political issues you have political science ways of approaching things which are kind of tend to be use quantitative measures um measures to kind of objectively assess uh, kind of uh, links between political phenomena. You have a comparative approach which looks at how we can uh, understand politics by com- comparing and contrasting different cases. You have kind of regional specialisms which would tend to focus on particular areas of the world. Um, and then you have, I guess, what we might call a range of, of critical approaches which tend to be um, a kind of from a critical theory type background. These encompass some of the political philosophy modules uh, that um, often including kind of feminist perspectives, post-structural perspectives, post-colonial perspectives, those kinds of kind of critical interventions. So one way of looking at module complementarity and how they might kind of complement each other is by thinking about your modules in, in that sense. Now, have you enjoyed the political philosophy aspects? Have you enjoyed the international relations and comparative aspect? Have you enjoyed a critical kind of feminist or post-colonial approach, for instance? And how does that map on to the next set of choices that are available to you? Okay, so from stage one, you'll have come into contact. I'm talking here specifically about the politics modules. In stage one in politics, you'll have come into contact with uh, a a set of theories around kind of normative uh, and ethical problems in politics. You can follow that up by, you know, the international, um, sorry, with with the um, kind of uh, philosophy style modules in stage two. If you have really enjoyed some of the feminism and post-colonial work in stage one, well, then you have the option in stage two of taking politics of gender, for instance, and then that maps onto. So there are ways of building up a degree that reflects your interests as well as, of course, covering your bases in terms of what you think you might be useful in for further study. And I think sometimes I'm not I'm not I'm sure it's not the case all all across the board, but I think sometimes students um, could do well to look at uh, the way that politics as a discipline is divided in the kind of the different kinds of, of, of approaches, philosophy, political science, comparative, regional, critical and so forth. And that these might find a way for you to identify useful and interesting modules for the next stage of your study. I, I shouldn't have had that well, cup of tea, Mark. Sorry, I should have had that <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say as well on that, I know that in my first year I'd took introduction to international politics and in the second term every week was kind of a little taster at what a second year module would include and I actually have based my own choices off what I studied in first term and what part of that particular module I found interesting Um, and I think a lot of the modules do that. Yes. And, you know, I mean, I I think, you know, in the stage two modules, I mean, we have a teaching team on the stage two module that I am involved with called Critical Global Security Studies. Um, I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, we often mention in the lectures that we do, oh, if you're interested in the politics of migration or if you're particularly interested in a feminist perspective, if you're particularly interested in a kind of post-colonial take on 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 surveillance and, and kind of counter terror, this these modules will be available. So you may already have had kind of flagged up to you some of the the more kind of specialist stuff that's available. Of course, a big division in politics that I haven't mentioned is between kind of politics that tends politics and IR. 
Um, now, lots of the modules, you know, c can be split in that way in that they are covering what we might call kind of domestic politics and kind of within a state and then a set of modules that are really um, concerned with the relationships between states. And that's another way that the modules are divided within within politics. So did you really enjoy uh, learning about statecraft and the intricacies of kind of UK politics and electioneering and so forth? Or do you really want to understand more about the relationship between China and the US? or US kind of hegemony um, in the post kind of Cold War context. And those, I mean, those things will be guiding your choice as well. Do you have more of an international interest or, you know, would you consider the kind of your interest to be more domestic politics and the internal organisation of power within states? Just got to just gotta throw in my little plug for US and global. I took that this year <laughs> and it was... It was uh, it was it was great. I yeah, yeah I, I'm really enjoying. I'm taking it the whole year, so it's it's been yeah. really enjoyable so far. Um, yeah. If we could um sort of talk about the interdisciplinary sort of nature of the degree again, and then from the perspective of uh, of politics and the politics modules that are available to students going yeah. into second and third year, uh, which politics modules have that interdisciplinary nature sort of overtly and and are sort of seeking to cross cross the disciplines for students that are really really looking to 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 push the interdisciplinary nature of their degree yeah that that's that is a good question so i mean i guess um one place to look is that uh so ppe have uh program leaders um and academic staff who are particularly associated with the school of ppe uh, so think about the people who you encounter in student staff forum um and you know are kind of members of the board of study and are office holders um so annette dominic and i for instance now we, we kind of work within ppe uh and often that is because our teaching uh, particularly reflects uh, an interdisciplinary uh, alignment. Um, so for instance, you know, Dominic's work kind of spans politics and economy. Uh, so too does kind of Neil Carter's work and John Bone. These are people that you love, you know, they're the PPE uh, kind of people, as it were. Um, and then in philosophy, uh, uh, people like Martin O'Neill teaches a kind of a, a really popular third year module um, and Annette Zimmerman. Uh, now, in a way, that's one way of thinking about it. So certain staff members, you know, the modules that they are involved with would, of course, be oriented towards an interdisciplinary stance. Um, and then some of this, of course, is around uh, uh, kind of content of modules. Um, so, I mean, some of the, I mean, so, the, 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 so state economy and society, for instance, and then uh, some of the more specialist modules, you know, for instance, on Marx, um, they they would be uh, overtly oriented towards a kind of a a political economy style approach to um, to global capitalism and the way that kind of politics and economics structure inequality and power. Um, and then, you know, some of the other third year modules, you know, kind of the idea of liberty, for instance, um, uh, knowledge and democracy, theories of social justice. These are, I think it would be fair to say, kind of quite openly badged as spanning very comfortably um, uh, kind of, you know, politics and, and philosophy. And so, I mean, I, I think... Obviously, we have our core modules, the core PP modules that are set up and kind of co-taught. Um, but I think there are lots of ways for students to find out kind of nice links between modules. And I think a place to start would be the, the kind of the core PP 
staff, as it were, and the modules that they're running, and then spiral out from that. I mean, if they come, you know, if they are joined or kind of collaborate in a in a stage two model, that's another way of finding out that perhaps, you know, their research interests align. Again, I think I'm possibly thinking about stage two more than stage three, where things become even more specialist. Um, it, but it, 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 an interdisciplinary, of course, is really Im important. But I think even if you take, I, again, I'm just thinking my experience of teaching my politics module in stage three, which is taken um, by lots of PPE students. I think it's possible, you know, as you go through your degree, to be aware of different disciplinary takes on issues, the control of migration, um, citizenship, uh, kind of surveillance and so forth. It's possible with your growing confidence across the years to to make sure that each kind of to make sure all of your learning kind of reflects the skills and the knowledge that you've built up across the three disciplines. So maybe, you know, there's definitely an argument for thinking about which models are really overtly interdisciplin interdisciplinary, but also being uh, confident that your skills and knowledge have will make your learning interdisciplinary whatever. And I found that actually with the students in, in stage three, they're able to bring that uh, kind of cross-disciplinary lens to all of the texts that they're reading, if that makes sense. So is that helpful? Have I covered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially the, the, the bit about looking at the, the interdisciplinary staff members. I never yeah. really thought about it that way, but that seems like a perfectly valid way to go. I mean, I don't want to categorise people. The danger is that you only then look at those people, and that's not the way to think about it at all. But a good place to start would be thinking, oh, hold on a second, you know, if you think about the people who are involved with the School of PPE, you know, in a way, they're, they're there because their teaching spans or links to another department. Um, so it seems to me kind of, you know, I don't think I'm... But, but, it, but, but many other staff will be working in an interdisciplinary way also. But, yeah, that would be a good place to start, I think. I think as well, like with some modules, there is space for a PPE student to go to feedback and guidance and explore further links between departments. I know that in a couple of my modules, they've chosen a, there's been a set reading list and the convener has changed a reading so it's less to do with economics for core politics students. Um, but then they say, if you're interested in economics, then definitely do this reading. Like there is the scope there to, if you want to make your module yeah. more interdisciplinary, you can take it into your own hands, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I could support that. And I'm thinking about an essay that a student of mine on um, on my third year module, Border Politics, wrote a couple of years ago. And she was a PPE student and she had specifically asked for more of a, I guess, of a kind of a philosophical set of readings about the justifications for... For, for no borders for a kind of you know and this was a this was a kind of it, it wasn't necessarily kind of within the confines of the module which is kind of quite qualitative and case study based but that's what's her that was her interest and it completely tied in so yes I mean I think I think staff members will absolutely see that um and if and are, and are really open and keen for students to come along to expand and to perhaps take the reading list in a slightly different direction. Um, I mean, most most staff members would be delighted to be approached and to be asked for more reading <laughs> on a topic, you know. So I do think, yeah, I think that's that's something that's a really good point, Molly. You can, I think by the third year, in, in many ways, it's about taking your learning into your own hands increasingly and kind of directing it. Um, and I think staff are really, really happy to support students to do that you know through the dissertation but also through the, the through the reading and the essay um, responses and the assessments that they're doing too yeah 
with that uh, sort of mention of, of uh, the dissertation, it's a sort of perfect segue into another question that, that came from the Google form, which yeah. was sort of what is the dissertation option? And then further than that, if a student were to choose to do a dissertation, what can they do it all on and how would that impact their module choices um, sort of across the board, across their degree, if they choose to do the dissertation? Yeah, I think, um, so dissertation, uh, first of all, I think it's worth saying that I don't think it's necessary, it's necess I think some students take the dissertation thinking it's going to open doors for them kind of beyond the degree and it, it may be the case if they do well in it that it's a good thing to mention on the CV or you know it kind of you know is obviously kind of bolsters an application for graduate study and those things are probably true but I don't think students should be thinking about the dissertation as necessarily um, being a, a pathway to anything particular it offers students the dissertation a chance to develop an independent piece of work um, so in a way I guess you could look upon it as them developing their own research question and a small piece of original research that is actually quite, I mean, I only did the dissertation workshop, you know, a, um, a couple of weeks ago, and it's quite distinctive from an essay. You're not being presented with a body of material and then asked to absorb it and then synthesize it within a response. You are literally setting your own parameters. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge, actually. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a much more independent piece of kind of research and writing. Uh, students can do it um, on whatever they want as long as it's uh, kind of clearly interdisciplinary. So it has to span the two disciplines, um, has to span two disciplines within the three um, that PPE offer. And there are many different ways of doing this. Um, we try not to be prescriptive in what the interdisciplinary take would be, uh, whilst um, also uh, kind of um, relying on students uh, with their supervisors to make sure that that interdisciplinary kind of thing is there. Students work together closely with a supervisor, which I think is probably um, uh, one of the positives uh, for students. So they. Uh, get to kind of uh, consult uh, periodically over the course of the academic year um, uh, an individual member of staff who's there to guide them and to help them uh, but not to co-write it <laughs> as you know the idea is that the student is you know kind of bouncing ideas off but it's it's managed by them for some students it's it's a really positive experience they get to immerse themselves in a topic they're really interested in they get to read lots of kind of cutting edge specialist um uh, kind of material about it and they get to kind of feel and and make a contribution to a set of academic debates um it, it, it in it's it's possibly something to think of if you feel that open-endedness would suit you. I think for some students, it's you know, it's um, it can be it's very normal to feel slightly disoriented by the process. It's a challenge, uh, and I think students really relish the challenge. But it can sometimes be slightly disconcerting to not be set anything, to not be set a question, or to have a series of kind of like land. You know, you don't really have you have some kind of like built-in 
um, kind of deadlines, but they don't have the same quality as an assessment deadline or a formative deadline. And I mean, some students respond well to that. And some students, I think, you know, are quite honest and say that it's not for them yet, as it were. Um, so I think a dissertation is an option to consider, not because you think it's going to open the door to X, Y and Z. I just I think the, the main thing everyone should be focusing on is, is getting the best possible degree they can um, and how that happens, you know, whether or not the dissertation is involved in the mix, I don't think is by the by undergraduate level. Um, it's it's possibly a good thing to mention in the CV, but it's not necessary if that means if you a particular kind of path onwards to further study. Um, but I think, you know, if, if it strikes you that you would cope well with independent study, that you would relish the challenge of setting yourself um, a kind of a task and you relish the idea of working independently on a piece of work in a quite open-ended way over the entire academic year well then I think it would be it's a great opportunity if you feel you're a student who likes a little bit more structure um, and would feel kind of and, and perhaps needs the structure to kind of motivate you within the kind of the module system then perhaps you know it's it's something to, to to bear in mind. I don't think that's helpful or not. I'm just that's my experience from convening the module um, this year for the PPE students, but also from supervising students too um, in politics and PPE. And then I um, have a question. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Molly. Just again on the interdisciplinary aspect. So, um, what happens if you're a joint honours student? Can you have the option to just do a dissertation from one of your two departments or do you have to do across both because obviously if you do PPE you could maybe do politics or philosophy and not touch on economics yeah um I, I'll follow up on that because I, I wouldn't want to say something that was that was I mean my understanding is there's the kind of the, the interesting kind of crosses two departments two of three um but let me follow up with that Molly about the kind of the joint honours students to make sure I'm kind of giving you the right information I wouldn't want to lead people i'll follow up with you and i'll kind of make it clear okay. at the um i can by email or you can um mention it at the module choice event did you have a question mark sorry yes it was just uh, one last bit on the dissertation which is uh you said it spans the the, the whole year yeah and uh how how many credits is it and uh, for students that want to sort of consider the modules uh, are are considering between modules they'd really like to take and the dissertation which they'd really like to do yeah that's a good question actually i wish and i wish i had checked beforehand i think i'm sort of don't want to give you the wrong i can search for it now will you edit will you edit out the silence when i'm searching for it absolutely <laughs> just one second so i want to give you the wrong idea i will uh, make a I, note i'm only asking because it, in, politi in politics it's double weighted i'm not sure that's the case in in pep let's have a look yeah, it's twenty. It's twenty credits. So it runs over the whole year. So it's twenty credits. So, I mean, I guess that's just in the mix of other kind of stage three modules. But it would it occupies twenty credits of your of your final year. And I guess in a way that means slightly less, um, possibly. In I mean, yeah, sl slightly less kind of choice i mean certainly but but i don't but i don't think so 20 credits is what it's worth alongside the other 20 credit modules great and just to to round off our discussion here we're we're pushing up on the uh on the sort of on the sort of time limit here if students after all after listening to the podcast after going to the module events doing doing the reading sort of doing the research if they still have questions and uh sort of need assistance on on selecting modules, where can they go and find that support? 
I'm glad you asked me because I have a list. <laughs> okay, so, so clearly the, what students should be doing is first of all attending uh, the module choice event in PPE. This will give them information about the roadmap ahead, uh, significant deadlines and uh, the technical platform they'll have to fill in as well as some of the kind of process of, of, of filling out the form. Then what students should do is to make sure that they are uh, plugged into the departmental events and resources uh, across the three disciplines, uh, making sure that they um, have a kind of found out as much as they can about the modules they're planning to take. Uh, there are a couple of ways of doing this. First of all, obviously, you kind of engage with, you know, in politics, it'll be a short video by the module convener. You can look at that. You can also go to the module uh, catalogue, which I think actually gives a really comprehensive, sometimes like succinct, idea of of um, of the module uh, it, it's a good idea to contact your supervisor uh, to, so I mean supervisors will often invite a students for a discussion about modules and that's a really good resource because rather than talking about general you can outline exactly the choices that you're planning to make uh, I would encourage students to kind of seek out their supervisor if they're, if they're not invited to make have that conversation I think obviously you know you'll be doing this anyway but like it's it's a really great um, if you, if you can't decide about a few modules, you're not quite sure about the content or whether it's going to be enjoyable or productive or interesting or engaging or if it's going to align with what you think it might look like, you should, of course, ask you know, your peers. There's a whole fantastic kind of um, range of information available by students who have already taken it. Now, that's slightly more difficult um, in the context kind of virtually. You can't wander around and just have a chat with the, the student reps um, in a conference-style um, environment. But... Uh, we are um, hoping to have students kind of come along to the module choice events and I imagine that there'll be a kind of a, a, an option for, for, for PPE students to ask um, existing students about their experience within the departmental events. Um, I just know on that yeah. front, I do know that the Club of Pep are looking at setting up some kind of platform for yeah. students to communicate with other students. Um, Excellent. In yeah. the works. Yeah, I mean, that would be really useful, I think, because I think staff can talk until they're blue in the face about, you know, why they should take individual modules. But I mean, it'll be it's often the student perspective is that, you know, was it was it manageable? You know, was it how did you find it? That's often very useful. If you have any problems with the technical aspect of it, I mean, if you're not sure exactly what to do after attending all the information events, you're free to kind of contact the PP admin office. We've updated the module guidance this year. We're making things as clear as possible for students. So I can't imagine you'll have questions about what's expected of you. But if you do, the PP admin office is a great place um, to, go, to, to kind of get information. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's worth saying that the more... The more, inf the more research students do kind of at, at this stage, you know, at, when the module choice, you know, is kind of opening up, the, the, I guess the better the process works. Um, switching between modules when you've started teaching at the beginning of a term is often not as straightforward as, 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 it, as it, it's not often not a straightforward process. I think it absolutely makes sense to try to get as much information now. I, I will point out as well that, you know, it's really important that students follow exactly the process that of you know follow the rules of the module selection process really carefully uh, so they take account of deadlines many modules are popular and will fill up quickly and and if you've submitted your form in a timely manner well that means that you're you're you know it, it, you're in the mix you know there's no, there's no point waiting so that's really important um, uh, 
we have included an option this year for students to be able to let us know a few more options that they wouldn't mind taking so you get to kind of rank more choices we're hoping that will mean that students are more likely to get the, the, the modules that they're interested in um, uh, it's, it's of course the case that not nobody, PPE students, but also single honours students are guaranteed always their first choices. We do our absolute best to make sure that students get the modules that they want. Um, but I think you've got a much better chance of doing so if you followed the, the instructions correctly. If you just put down one module thinking, oh, well, if I only put down one module, I'm bound to get it, and, and it's full, then the, the school is kind of... Uh, is. Um, will allocate on your behalf, you know, according to to space. So you will, I think you, I think students will will, face, will be best placed if they at, attend to the rules really carefully and make sure they follow the instructions. Yeah, great. I think that that uh, that wraps up our our uh, our conversation with with the program leader for the politics department, Alex Hall. Thank you very much for coming on the show and and uh, telling us what's what for the module choices next year. I kind of regret having a cup of tea before. I kind of went off like a rocket. That's caffeine for you, isn't it? But I'm happy, you know, you, feel free to get in contact with the school if you're not clear. But we're, we're aiming to provide as much information as possible to make it a straightforward process for students. And we've certainly certainly covered a lot here. So, yeah. so thanks again. And now we'll lead into the economics or philosophy or... I'll do, I'll do an intro for each part. Hello, and welcome back to the Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and in this episode, I talk with Dominic Spengler, the economics program leader at the university as a part of the Module Choice series. I'll leave the intro there. Enjoy the episode. All right, thank you, Dominic, for, Dominic Spengler, for joining me on the podcast to sort of explain the economic side of module choice. And if we could just start with a sort of general question that I also asked uh, in the politics segment uh, for first years going into second year, second years going into third year, what are some of the, the skills that students will, PPE students will develop on the economic side, sort of regardless of the modules that they choose? Hi, Mark. Thank you for inviting me. So um, I guess in a broad sense, uh, they will just sort of follow on from the skills that they've uh, developed in the first year. So obviously, first year in economics, all the modules are given. That is because uh, we want to bring everybody up to a certain kind of standard. So that's um, basic maths and some statistics. And of course, there are two different routes. So it depends on what your specific degree is, if it's a PPE degree or if it's politics and economics or politics and philosophy. Um, but generally in the second year, it's still, uh, as far as economics is concerned, relatively narrow. Um, I mean, I, I, I would imagine that students are kind of uh, probably familiar with this structure. So if you go to um, the website and you look at um, year two, for example, uh, you can see that for the standard PPE degree, everybody has to do my, uh, uh, one. Uh, so, sorry, uh, economics two micro and economics two macro, which are basically giving uh, sort of a more solid foundation than what's happened in the in the first year. And so that's generally what happens anyway. That um, you kind of progress through very similar topics. Let's say microeconomics, something I've been teaching a lot um, on. And so you do, uh, even at a master's level, the same kind of stuff as you do in your first year undergrad, uh, just that uh, the level of, level of depth or sort of generality, and so therefore the mathematical context comes a little bit more um, complex. 
And so as you make things more general, uh, it becomes uh, more complex and you can sort of uh, imagine that you just sort of like delve deeper into the topics basically, but obviously the, the kind of the main contents are very similar. Um, so I think that that would be sort of a, a summary in terms of what's going on um, in, a, in a very sort of general sense. Uh, and then of course, as you, uh, I don't know, we could have a look at um, what the specifics are in the uh, other modules, so for example, if you, uh, sorry, in the other programs, so for example, if you are in the um, economics and politics degree, you have also uh, econometrics too as a core module. Uh, and then there's a bunch of choices. And of course, these are then um, sort of more on the on the politics side, for example, for the economics and politics uh, degree. And, um, and again, for philosophy, respectively, for the economics and philosophy. Um, degree. Uh, but as far as economics is concerned, it's uh, in the second year, it's still very kind of narrow, I guess. Yeah. And this question, this next question might be a little bit more for the second years going into third year, where you do sort of get that, that option aspect of it, where you can choose the, choose the direction that you want to take your economic side down. Uh, if you could sort of go over some of the different directions that students do choose to take, what what students can can sort of look at and study um, in a kind of abstract sense, but then also in combination with their politics and philosophy degrees, whatever sort of combination that they have chosen. Okay, um, I mean, that's a really difficult open question to kind of mm -hmm. give you an answer to that's actually useful to someone. Um, I would say what is really most relevant is for an individual to kind of spend some time, uh, you know, not procrastinating on these rather relevant questions uh, and to kind of think about what they want to do. And I think one of the main problems for many students, uh, as it was for me, uh, and still sometimes it's for me, is to kind of answer that question, what you want to do, right? And it's very difficult. Uh, but ultimately, really, I think what matters uh, in the end is um, is to kind of make choices that you enjoy. Uh, and so of course, I can give you recommendations of like what works well together. Um, and in some sense, that already kind of given through the structure that's sort of uh, that's that's embedded in these uh, different degrees. So you have different choices if you have a PPE degree or a, a PE or PP. Uh, type of um, uh, route that you've chosen. Um, and then you can kind of, uh, you know, uh, think about what fits well together, for example. And so I would, uh, I would say if we, I don't know, let me actually have a look at some of these choices. So if we go to, um, let's say the year three choices that a PPE students would be able to take. Um, apart from the dissertation, there are sort of a, a number of sort of interesting uh, modules that make sense. And there's, there, there, you know, that um, there, there are some modules that are um, available to all students uh, and that are sort of very kind of general, let's say. And some modules that are more specific. And, and um, I think it makes sense as a PPE student, if, you, if you're not so aware of what you want to do later, to pick modules that are, are more general. But if you have a specific interest, uh, than to kind of follow that. And so for example, for me, it was uh, it's always a good combination if you are sort of interested more in the economic side of things um, and you're thinking about like what kind of philosophy modules are useful for me, then it's just an example, right? And you have to kind of imagine lots of other uh, types of examples you could mention. Uh, then potentially the questions that I'm dealing with would be uh, questions of ethics as far as the philosopher is concerned 
rather than say a philosophy of mind or something. And uh, to just give an example of why I'm saying that is, well, if you think about it, uh, the typical approach that we take as economists is most likely a consequentialist type of ethics. And um, sometimes we could approach things differently. And so there are, for example, uh, areas such as law and economics, which is um, to kind of analyze the power, power or usefulness of, of legislation, for example, in terms of the purpose they're trying to fulfill. And some laws are uh, kind of derived from a deontological type of ethics, and some laws clearly kind of aim at consequences that they're trying to prevent or achieve. Uh, and then it becomes really interesting to sort of uh, be able to uh, to name the things that you're looking at, to, to sort of to see what does an economic analysis do here, what does it achieve, like what kind of consequences is it talking about, and and how we you know can compare the different power of incentives in terms of what consequences they they uh, sort of produce, and then to see well, for example, if we wanted to uh, analyze uh, legislation, does it achieve that? Does it have the desired consequences? And how does that compare to the kind of deontological reasons why we came up with that law? So um, something actually you asked me earlier about corruption uh, before we started this recording, and um, you could answer questions uh, about like, what is better? Do you want to deter people from uh, engaging in corrupt uh, activity? And therefore, fewer people that are actually guilty of corruption end up in jail. Or do you want to be more effective in putting people in jail? And so thing is consequence the other thing is sort of a question of um of uh, uh sort of logical uh, uh sort of approaches so is it is it better to kind of uh, achieve a fairness between the punishment of um bribers and and bribees let's say in terms of you know how high is the punishment uh and that would be maybe a deontological approach where you would say well they deserve a similar kind of punishment or you could find out well we can achieve much better consequences by having an unfair approach to punishment, but in terms of the results, it's better. And so we can start sort of thinking about problems like that, right? And so I think uh, for if, if, if that's the kind of thing you like to think about, then it makes sense to combine sort of ethics with sort of microeconomics types of modules. Um, but it really depends on what your interests are. And so I've just used this example to kind of say, well, um, think about the things that you're interested in and think about how they combine together. And so um, sometimes it's a, it's it's not an obvious thing, but you can kind of read the module description and you get a feel for whether that feels good or not, whether you find a, you think you want to know more about that. Never mind what the exam is like and all of that stuff. Like if you feel like this sort of urge inside of you to kind of want to know more about it, just disregarding the cost of acquiring that extra knowledge, then it's probably a module that you should look into. And I understand also some people might think that about almost every module, but for me, for example, there's some modules that seem clearly kind of far-fetched, I don't know, like, or not as interesting. And so, you know, I can tell you, like, if I if I look at these things, terrorism and counterterrorism, I can see that that could be fascinating. But uh, if I then see in comparison, the value and meaning of life, it seems like, oh, that module's so much more interesting. Um, and there, there are a lot of different that, that I tell you how they sound appealing to me, but I think ultimately that's what students have to decide for themselves. Yeah, that gut feeling of like, I'd really like to look into that as as the sort of leading your mind. Yeah, I choices. think so. Yeah, interesting. If we could bring... Yeah, some, and that's combined on. with... 
sorry. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, and that combined with the the, the uh, that sorry, we have a delay in there. Um, that combined with the earlier thought to just sort of think about what you want to do afterwards, and 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 kind of combine modules in a in a way that sort of aim at um, providing skills or you know developing skills in in yourself that, that are useful later on. On the uh, on the sort of topic of, of skills, there was. Uh, a significant there were a significant amount of, of students that indicated they'd like a they'd like to take a little bit less maths in third year on the economic side perhaps they sort of found it difficult this year the the maths content and uh maybe a more of a focus on behavioral modeling and things like that could you highlight a couple of the uh, sort of modules that are available for students that are looking to take a little bit of a maths, uh, a less of a maths heavy route uh, for their module choices in economics next year. So um, I'm actually not entirely aware of the entire list of modules that are available for you right now. Um, I, uh, but uh, but there are definitely some modules that are kind of more essay based, right? And so. Um, I think bubbles, panics, and crashes is a typical one that many PPE students take. Um, and another one would be experimental economics, which or experimental and behavioral economics, as it's called since last year, which happens to be a module that I teach. And so we have a lot of students um, from PPE on, on that module as well. And that module, for example, not only is based on an essay or actually a group project where students work together towards um, that sort of final uh, project, uh, but it kind of uh, gives students the ability to kind of slip into the shoes of a researcher because they're kind of essentially designing their own experiment. And this is where I think PPE students really uh, would, would, um, would, you know, they, they, they basically make really contributions because they're more able to think outside of the box uh, than I would say the typical economic students. And then they pair up with economic students that are able to kind of do the more technical parts that uh necessarily exist in, in, in such a project. Um, and so bubbles, panics and crashes, it's uh, kind of more related to economic history, I guess. And so it's not necessarily as technical uh, a subject, but you have to sort of be aware of certain events and certain types of mechanisms, of course, that, um, that are underlying to the, to the observations that, that they make. Um, so those are kind of modules, I think, that are, that are quite useful for, for students that are not so keen on heavy maths, um, but there are also, I think international economics is a module of that type. And um, I don't know to what extent uh, you have the choice. I think you, for example, have to pick, I don't know, 20 credits from in your third year. If you're, I mean, sort of taking one example now, right? If I take the main PPE example, I think you have to take 20 credits uh, from one of the um, options from each of the subjects and so uh, you could pick let's say uh, a, a module like bubbles panics and crash and um, and then sort of pick the ones from 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 each of the topics but there's there's sort of from the TPE from the PPE um, modules pick the ones that you find um, perhaps easier to deal with so for example ethics and public policy would not be as mathematical let's say as uh, rationality morality and economics yeah, absolutely. And I think that's going to be useful for me as well, looking to take uh, next year a little bit of a, a break from the maths and the, the whole ethical side of economics does does seem to does seem to interest me from what you were saying, what you were saying earlier already. Uh, so I'll, I'll definitely have to take a look at that myself. 
but if we could we could now turn to I mean the economics modules in general, maths and non-maths. What are uh, the sort of overlooked modules for PPE students that you don't see many PPE students taking that maybe we should have a second look at, uh, not overlook too quickly? Um, to tell you the truth, I don't know the statistics of how many PPE students take each module um, or which ones are particularly overlooked. Um, but I think like, it's really important to sort of make uh, think about your combinations and what you're really interested in. And so, uh, like I said, you can use ethics to combine with economics uh, perhaps better than um, philosophy of mind or something. Uh, or perhaps also sort of, um, you know, logic is, is, a, is a typical module that combines well with economics, for example. Um, and so, I mean, I can, again, just sort of go by what, what I think is really interesting. And um, so there are, there's a couple of modules that I think are, are really good to take, which are an opportunity that you get as a PPE student, but, but not uh, if you are just a single um, sub student is are these PEP modules or PPE modules, uh, for example, democratic economy or rationality, morality and economics. Um, and it sort of links also to another component that I think is important to keep in mind. So uh, at least in economics and in politics, I believe you will be able to, through the departments, uh, look at very short module videos that the lecturers or the modules of these modules are, are, have created or will be making available over the next couple of weeks or so, I think. Um, but anyway, you might uh, have come across uh, some or most of the lecturers that will teach on these modules. And I think it's really important that you like the style that a particular lecturer um, uh, sort of brings across the content. Uh, I know that I can really make the main difference. If you, if you, if you find somebody hard to listen to, then uh, it's really hard to kind of make yourself deal with the content. Whereas if you find the lectures fascinating, then that clearly makes a difference because you can just sort of like look at the lectures and, you know, soak everything up and, and that will already, uh, you know, uh, cover a lot of the cost that's entailed in, in acquiring all of that content. Um, so for example, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I should be making recommendations, but I personally, for example, really like how uh, uh, John Bowen is teaching in, in uh, for example, the uh, democratic economy or rationality, morality, and economics. Um, I, yeah, I would, I would sort of, I would find that a very interesting module. Um, I'm not sure exactly. For example, bubbles, panics, and crashes. Um, Who's, I'm not sure if this module has been split up between two of our teachers. Uh, I know that one of our new colleagues, um, Tilo uh, Huning, uh, is somebody who's, I think, one of the, the most well-read individuals we probably have at the university. Uh, and this guy is absolutely fascinating when it comes to background knowledge and uh, awareness of different theories and papers out there and also being on top of uh, of what's going on, being very close to the research front, frontier with with his thinking. Um, I mean, between the two of us, let's say, uh, the guy can barely talk about anything else than than his research and the fascination that he has with it. And so, I think you know, taking a module with him uh, is going to be uh, something that's you know that can be really significant because you you really are able to learn a lot and you can rely on that being something really good. But, you know, I could tell you more about other teachers and so on and their modules, but it also isn't fair in a sense because some modules clearly are, you know, more interesting. Uh, I guess something like bubbles, panics and crashes is 
bound to have more interesting content than a standard micro module, for example, which is probably why I wouldn't recommend necessarily taking my modules if you, if you can avoid it, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really important thing to think to, 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 to see whether you're compatible with the teaching style of somebody. So sort of what's what sort of struck me in our in our conversation here is sort of the difference between the sort of philosophy and politics side of the PPE degree when it comes to economics, that you really do have this uh, maybe finally might be the right word here in third year. You have this opportunity to really go for what interests you, maybe the parts of the modules and that you took for economics or possibly for, for politics and philosophy as well and carry those interests over into economics in a way that doesn't seem to to come through in politics and philosophy just because you had that sort of choice so early in what your your interests are is that characterization sort of, sort of right that you're really able to run with your economics interests in the third year um i think up to a point right um those that are on the sort of econometrics route um clearly will find it slightly easier they have more options available to them i think in terms of economics, uh, just because the technical background is, of course, uh, a big threshold, right? So in, in philosophy and, and, and politics, of course, they also have their own language, if you like. So you need to learn to think like a philosopher and like a like a political scientist or political theorist or whatever, as much as um, thinking like an economist is, is important. Uh, but there is this sort of additional hurdle. Everybody can already speak English, but sort of understanding the maths that is required is something that everybody ha has to be brought to. And some people find that easier and others not so much. So that's why, obviously, you start to be able to uh, make these choices much later in economics. Um, and so generally, the idea is, of course, that after the second year, uh, the kind of the, the foundations have been laid so that you are able to kind of pick uh, other modules and really understand what's going on there. Uh, but of course, you know, it never ends. And um, it's, again, uh, just a whole bachelor's degree is only a foundation in a sense. And you, uh, it's, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, opened uh, the sort of the sky is your limit, if you like. Uh, there's uh, there's so many interesting branches you can get into. And I can tell you also from my own experience, the more easy you spend kind of studying something, you'll find that even the simplest assumptions or the simplest models become more powerful as you understand them better, as you see better how they get applied to different things and so on. Um, but so, yeah, in, uh, to kind of make it too long an answer, Having done the first two years of economics, you are then kind of, I think, in a relatively good position to uh, understand the other modules. But still, of course, uh, some things are hard for you potentially compared to someone who's been doing solidly economics for a couple of years. Uh, but I, I think economics is one of the best ways of organizing your thinking when it comes to trying to understand um, the, the world that we live in, uh, at least when it comes to human interactions in, in, in markets and so on. Um, but even in a social uh, sense, I, I think there, there's a, that it, it really is just a fascinating way of, of helping you organize your thinking, like I said. And so it can't be a bad investment to kind of do the extra work that's required to, to, to do really well in these modules, because I, I think that that result will pay off um, you know, in the future, uh, in, in, in job markets and so on. Yeah. Continuing on that sort of thread of sort of going for your, what, what interests you, what sort of pulls you in economics for, for students that are considering the dissertation option and might want to include, uh, economics as the two 
sort of disciplines that they, they focus in on within that dissertation. What can, what can students who want to include economics expect to achieve through their dissertation? What are some of the sort of, if you could just give uh, from an economics perspective, an overview of what a dissertation option might look like for the third year student that decides to do a dissertation. So the dissertation is by definition meant to be interdisciplinary which means that you should include in some rough sense uh, methodology that, uh, uh, you know, from, from at least two of the, of the three disciplines. And so if you choose a dissertation topic uh, that has an economics component in it, that would mean that you uh, entail in your work at least some degree of, of uh, sort of economic analysis. And that, of course, can take uh, many different uh, shapes. So some students clearly want to do an empirical analysis and for an empirical type of um, paper, let's say, or for a dissertation, it'll be similar to what to the papers that you find in the literature. So you have um, some kind of theory, you gather some, some data and you try and uh, uh, build a, a model and then run a regression or something to see what, uh, what you can say about your hypothesis, basically, not just very abstractly speaking, right? Um, and then the question is, how will you make it uh, sort of interdisciplinary? And since economics, obviously, especially kind of um, uh, all that applied economic stuff, whether it's uh, econometric or, or, or sort of microeconomics or macroeconomics, when it's when it's applied and it's not necessarily uh, about sort of strictly economics topics, but often about um, uh, very different topics of, you know, very much sort of politics types of topics. I mean, uh, corruption, for example, is is, is um, it's a case in point. It's it's a very much a politics problem, of course, but you can use economics to to analyze it. And then the question is, um, to what extent um, you bring in that uh, other discipline? So what what uh, can you say about it that kind of links in well with your empirical analysis uh, that comes from uh, sort of political theory, maybe? Uh, but on the other hand, uh, if you look at sort of political science, it's often very similar to the type of econometric analyses that you find in economics papers. If, if anything, maybe not not always quite as rigorous, but but generally speaking, it's getting there and it's similar. Um, if you are interested in not an empirical analysis, uh, then it's sort of perhaps slightly more tricky. Uh, what I often advise is. Um, when I'm talking to kind of PPE students taking the dissertation model, module and that are that are sort of um, thinking about this economics component, uh, depending on the topic, I mean, it's really hard to say that in abstract, but you can always analyze incentives, right? And this is what economists are good at. Like I was saying, the way we kind of structure uh, our thinking uh, is to sort of understand incentives and understand as, a, as, as an implication opportunity costs and so think about why are actors acting the way they are um, in your models. And, and, and so you can kind of do such an analysis without having a, a technical, let's say, game theoretic model or something. But that could be a kind of a, a good uh, approach, let's say. Um, I would kind of shy away from uh, just having kind of very basic statistical uh, analyses or where, where you know where you just show some data about something but you don't do much uh, with it I think that's sort of um, that that's not very deep analysis so that's uh, it, it, you know then you really will will have to kind of uh, put your focus on uh, on the methods that you're using from whatever other discipline you're you're kind of mixing it with um, 
And if you are kind of interested in doing something uh, kind of theoretical, uh, so where you are using kind of micro or game theoretic uh, models or something to kind of analyze what you've got, uh, the danger is that it very quickly becomes very technical. Uh, so uh, that's in a sense where the most stuff has been done and the research frontier is somewhere high up in the clouds where things are very, very technical. And so uh, then you kind of, you know, people kind of end up saying, I want to work on this sort of climate change stuff or whatever. And then uh, I'm, I'm, they end up sort of realizing, okay, the end, in the end, I'm just talking about externalities now, like the most basic economics model that sort of comes out of A-level economics about, you know, a graph on externalities or something. And then you suddenly realize, oh, that's not very kind of, um, the, the analysis is not very deep there. Uh, and so... Just sort of, you know, I could say uh, as a as a warning, it's it's difficult to um, to do a a kind of micro theory type of paper in economics without being technically very able. Let's say. So there is a danger for for let's say the the route one non economics heavy part of the PPE degree for those students who are interested in doing the uh economic doing economics as a part of the dissertation there is a danger there on the technical side it it could be uh like I said or if you kind of if you uh set your sights to to kind of high in terms of uh, achieving something novel or something you know i mean obviously there's a limit as to how novel that whole project has to be um but yeah i think um uh, my recommendation like i said to students that are choosing that kind of thing would often be to kind of think about um cost benefit analyses or just sort of uh, just understanding the 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 incentives in in the in the structures that they're analyzing um so i don't know i mean it's it's uh, we could come up with a million different examples but to understand why actors in markets are doing the things that they're doing why a country is stuck in a certain kind of equilibrium you know you can you can sort of understand uh, what's going on there you can kind of discuss these different things and as an economist you can sort of um, you can apply a bit more rigor when it comes to understanding these incentives. And so that, I think that's a, a, a discussion that can be really powerful without becoming technical, uh, but still being able to kind of think quite uh, coldly, rationally about the incentives that different market actors have. Yeah, it, like seems, it's, it seems like in sort of our discussion um, and the economics module choices in general, it is quite difficult to talk about uh, talk about them in the abstract where you might not find those difficulties as strenuous in sort of politics and philosophy. So if at the end of this, uh, PPE students are still confused as to what they would like to do, would like to find out more information after listening to this podcast, attending the module choice events, what would be your recommendation for what they can do? to sort of find that information? Um, I mean, when it comes to the dissertation in, in uh, just particular speaking or generally, generally? Just speaking generally. Okay. So, I mean, with regards to the dissertation specifically or also generally, I think the, the, the point is, first of all, figure out what you find most interesting. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think, becoming more rare that students are following their interests rather than following what seems to be um, an easy to uh, an, an easy module in a sense of like not having to work too hard or not uh, worrying too much about a too low mark or you know that sort of thing. Um, and 
I think that's sort of the, 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 the unfortunately, uh, again, sort of incentives are set in that way in, in the world today. But I think you're better off in the long run kind of following your interests. And uh, like I said, you can kind of do that. Just like you think about, like, do I like this chocolate better than the other? You can sort of feel um, the, the module by kind of looking into it and then, uh, and then sort of decide, yeah, that sounds better to me. That somehow sounds more interesting. And then I kind of go with these hunches. And obviously, if you want to gather more information, then you can uh, approach any of the lecturers um, at the moment, everybody is extremely busy. It's an unusual time, but generally still, of course, everybody has an hour of office hours a week uh, or even two hours, I think, uh, every member of staff. And I'm not sure, I can't speak for everybody, but I think generally students don't make use of that as much as they could. And so they could always approach someone and say, look, could I have five minutes of your time? And uh, I'm apart from being obliged to say yes to it, uh, I'm sure the vast majority of lecturers will be happy to say yes, of course. And, you know, then just to ask the questions that you might that you may have about a module and then you find out more. So if you're, uh, for example, as a, as a little tip, I guess, in the end, if you are indifferent between two modules or you really can't decide, uh, it might be useful to just schedule a call with uh, either of the two lecturers and then sort of see uh, what they say. And then after that, you have much more information uh, as to what feels better and then just go with that choice. And then ultimately, maybe I could also say that even though it is in some sense a relatively important choice that you make, uh, if you are indifferent, again, between choices, um, then that kind of means like both sides have their pros and cons. And it's just sort of hard to make up your mind because there's too much, informa uh, too, too much information out there and you have too little of it. Uh, but uh, I think that's sort of general life advice. When you, when you can't decide about two uh, options and they are actually both good options, then it can't be too bad to choose just one of them. So you might as well kind of flip a coin um, because both options are relatively good. So you can't, you know, when you, when you can kind of uh, come to a point where you can reasonably say, it's not a mistake, whatever I choose out of these, then not put too much worry into it and just sort of go with whatever uh, hunch you have. Follow your interests is sort of the, sort of the overarching theme I'm getting from our discussion. And yeah, that is that is something that that wasn't as big of a part of the the politics conversation that I'll certainly heed in in uh, in choosing my modules for next year. So I'd like to say thank you, Dominic, for giving up uh, giving up your time to come on and, and speak with me. And I hope that this has been an informative discussion for PPE or any combination study that is uh, looking at that that's looking at uh, modules for next year. Okay, thank you very much. I hope it was helpful. Hello, and welcome back to the Pep Talk podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and this is the last part of the module choice series with the philosophy program leader, Annette Zimmerman. I'll leave it there. Enjoy the episode. Thank you, Annette Zimmerman, for coming on, and thank you to Molly for helping me host and interview. Great to have you guys. So if we are going to just jump right into it, if we could uh, sort of start the philosophy section here with the kind of skills and overarching uh, yeah, skills that students in stage one will learn going to stage two and stage two to stage three and sort of the expectations that each year can have for next year. Right. One of the key skills that uh, philosophy teaches students, uh, of course, is to reason critically about 
both our own intuitions and assumptions, but also the intuitions and assumptions of others. Uh, and finding a way of systematically evaluating whether those intuitions and assumptions uh, actually have merit. Uh, so that is something that students in my experience typically find quite empowering because we find out a lot about our own background views and we become much more skilled at reasoning and deliberating and arguing with others. Now, uh, coming into the second year, uh, you'll have the opportunity to really apply those skills in many more diverse ways than uh, you have in the first year. The second year offers uh, a significantly larger amount of choices, uh, and those choices will be the foundation for you to specialize further in the third year of your degree. So there's a progressive increase, uh, both in terms of um, the, the level of uh, complexity uh, of content taught in various modules, uh, but also there's an increase in specialization, in particular subfields of philosophy that all intersect in interesting ways with the other two subject fields in PPE. Um, so could you please tell us a little bit about some of the most popular modules for students going to stage two and into stage three from the philosophy department? I find it very hard to predict which modules will be the most and the least popular each year. Uh, my experience so far has been that there can be quite significant fluctuations. Uh, one particular factor that will uh, affect which modules students choose um, is just that philosophy has recently decided to open up many more of our modules to a PPE student audience. And so one reason why we've made that decision is because uh, we think that actually many more different areas of philosophy are highly relevant to PPE students. Uh, but also because we want to make sure that uh, people who want to uh, specialize a little bit more in philosophy have sufficient amounts of choices uh, in that area. So we've both raised the caps on various modules to allow for more people coming into specific modules uh, where we have historical data that might suggest that they might be very popular. Uh, but alongside that, we've also just opened up entirely new modules uh, that were previously not accessible to PPE students. And in addition to that, we as a department have created a number of entirely new modules that will be for the first time accessible both to PPE students and also uh, single subject philosophy students. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, those modules later. Um, but the, the take home message is that uh, even though we could predict based on historical data, which modules uh, tend to be oversubscribed. There are just a number of new factors in the mix here. Uh, so my suggestion for students would be to base their decisions purely on what they think might be of the most interest to them. Uh, so of course that can take many different forms. Uh, one heuristic you might use as a student is to ask, you know, which particular topics have I enjoyed in previous modules that I've taken? Where do I think, you know, I might be talented in that area? I might be particularly curious about this set of questions. And on that basis, you might pick uh, additional modules. A good way of doing this is to really look at the module choice catalog 
and really look at the indicative reading and ideally try to talk to some students who may have taken these modules before. So really use this expertise from your peer group as well as your own critical reasoning skills to evaluate what might be a good fit. In addition though, I think sometimes it can be helpful to try something entirely new as well. So it's sometimes good to have a good mix between picking some modules that align with your already existing interests, but then to also throw in some choices that you think might really provide an opportunity for you to learn something entirely new and different. Now, PPE is a great space to explore new topic areas and new interests. And so I would highly recommend exploring that opportunity and not just sticking with what you already know, so to speak. So try to find a good balance that works for you uh, when you make these decisions. And as PPE is, I mean, definitionally uh, cross subjects, crosses all three disciplines, it's yeah, interdisciplinary. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, what complementary modules could you suggest that sort of from the philosophy department fit well within the PPE degree and the interdisciplinary nature of that degree? Hmm. Yeah, so we recently recorded a, a fairly extensive overview over uh, all of the new and existing courses that we think fit well with PPE. Uh, so this was done by my colleague, Professor Louise Richardson. Uh, we have uploaded that on the VLE. Uh, so there is a, a tab for first years going into the second year. And there is a tab uh, with an additional lecture for second years going into the third year. Now, in both of these videos, uh, she outlines all of the modules um, that are available for choice. Now, I can give you just one example um, of a kind of classic philosophy-driven PPE module uh, that I've just been teaching this term and that tends to be quite popular with PPE students. Uh, so this module is called Ethics and Public Policy. Um, I teach it with uh, my colleague in the politics department, Dr. Gabriele Badano. Uh, and so while uh, ethics obviously is a core subdiscipline in philosophy, the ambition of the module really is to address current um, and ongoing policy issues, uh, both with, with respect to economic policy. So for instance, thinking about resource allocation in healthcare or various nudge policies uh, in private enterprise, uh, but then also looking at some core uh, political and institutional policy issues such as criminal disenfranchisement, or the ethics of algorithmic decision-making in law enforcement. Uh, so the aim really is to give students a broad platform that allows them to specialize on various policy topics that fall within their interdisciplinary interests there. Many other modules are set up in similar ways. Uh, of course, some modules might lean more in one direction than another. Uh, this is why it's really important for students to carefully evaluate what their actual goals are when they make uh, these decisions. So occasionally it might be the case that you're not quite sure how a module might lean, right? So for instance, you might be concerned that uh, one particular module might require a little bit more mathematical and statistical reasoning skills whereas other uh, modules are much more qualitatively oriented or normatively oriented. Uh, if you're ever unsure about these questions, 
the first uh, thing to do would be to reach out both to PPE and to philosophy uh, as a department. Uh, so if you email philosophy at york.ac.uk, uh, that's a really great first point of contact where people uh, from our staff can point you in the right direction. So it's really helpful uh, when you contact us to be as specific as possible about the questions that are on your mind. That way we can help you uh, as effectively as possible. Another option um, that you could combine with that approach is to email the actual course instructors who are in charge of those modules. So, uh, you know, uh, when you look at the module catalog, you will see who's in charge of teaching that module uh, and just reaching out to the people who, who are delivering that content can really helpfully guide you in your decision making. In particular, I think it's important for students to reflect on whether any uh, preliminary knowledge uh, is necessary to perform well in that module. So you might wanna ask course instructors or just staff members, both in philosophy and in PPE, uh, whether there are any prerequisites uh, that you, know, you should be aware of. So it's really up to you in the first instance to make that evaluation, but if you're unsure, please follow up and then we can advise you. Uh, in a kind of individually tailored way. And would you able to be? Would you be able to tell us a little bit about some of those new modules that you were talking about earlier, the ones that not many students would be aware of at the minute? Right. Yeah, uh, I'm happy to outline uh, another module that I'll be teaching next fall. Uh, this module is called "Who Counts as a Philosopher." Uh, now, this is a 10-credit module, um, whereas most other modules that we're offering are, in fact, 20-credit modules. So that's, that's a kind of good uh, aspect to be aware of. Now, in this module, our aim is to uh, explore the voices of women in the philosophical canon, but not only in recent times. Instead, I'm interested in the context of this module in contributions of women, including non-Western women and uh, women of color throughout history. Very often introductions to philosophy can give students the impression that women were silent for a long time uh, in philosophy and only participated recently uh, in this kind of philosophical discourse. And that's a really uh, misguided assumption, but it's not surprising that many people think that because whenever uh, we see classic treatments of the philosophical canon, very often those treatments emphasize the contributions of white and male philosophers throughout history. So this course is an opportunity to uh, significantly increase your knowledge of philosophers that you may have not been aware of, um, but that made really seminal contributions that really influenced uh, a lot of what came after them. Uh, in particular, uh, we'll be interested in comparing various themes on which uh, women philosophers have commented over time. Uh, one of those themes will be power and resistance. Another uh, theme will be the mind and the body. Uh, one thing that I find particularly interesting is that uh, women philosophers writing um, throughout history often engage very directly with the kinds of philosophers that we now think of as canonical. Uh, but very often they were just ignored. Uh, very often they published their contributions, um, but they didn't receive much of a response. 
So now's a really good time to actually take a closer look at what they were saying uh, and engaging directly with that material. Now, the course isn't a systematic introduction that aims to cover every single uh, female philosopher throughout time and history. Um, of course, we can't possibly deliver that in a short module. So the way we've designed this module is to just give people a sense of orientation uh, that highlights some particularly impressive and engaging examples. So uh, if that uh, catches your interest, uh, who counts as a philosopher might be a great place to start. Uh, and you will find more information uh, about that on the website. Which stage um, is that module for like which students can take it? That's a second year module. For the for the years of moving from first year to second year, second year to third year, are there any module sort of paths that stand out to you? If you took this module in first year or this module in second year, you'd like this module in second year or this module in third year? Yeah, I'm not sure if I have a strong view on that uh, precisely because I think it's very important to explore new things. Mm -hmm. um, I can give you one example uh, of my experience as an undergrad student. So uh, I did my undergrad in Berlin. Uh, it was quite a similarly interdisciplinary PPE style environment. Uh, I found out very early on in my degree that I was really interested in political philosophy. So I tried to take a lot of courses, uh, in fact, as many as possible in political philosophy. Uh, at some point, I was forced to take statistics. And I always strongly disliked statistics. I had zero interest in doing anything in that area. And I was already pretty certain at that time that I would go on to do a master's in political philosophy. So there was really no incentive for me to do anything else. Uh, it's very good that I was forced to take this uh, module, which was a grueling experience that at the time, you know, didn't really motivate me. Uh, because later on in my career, uh, I found out that actually statistics is deeply applicable to what I do now, the ethics of artificial intelligence. And I probably wouldn't have had the, um, the kind of career choices that I currently have uh, and be able to pursue the research projects that I'm currently pursuing had I not been forced to take that one initial module. Now I actually really like statistics, which, you know, if you had told me during my undergrad degree, um, I, I just wouldn't have believed you. Uh, so I think it's important to take a long-term view uh, on that issue. So even if you think, you know, it's, it's kind of in general important to explore new things, but some modules still seem, you know, really not like a great fit to you, uh, it might ultimately turn out that exposure to exactly those modules could also be really, really beneficial to you. So that, that that's why... I suppose my only strong view is uh, don't, don't take a hard line and, and don't view it as a kind of path dependency because certain questions that might be really relevant to you might not even be on your radar. And it might only transpire later that actually you can benefit immensely uh, from being exposed uh, to totally new paths. That seems to be a, a theme across all three of these that uh, Molly and I have done now, especially in the podcast with Dominic. He was, uh, and the the economics podcast, he was very, very keen on students not going the route of what's the easiest, what will sort of get me through, what won't be that much work, 
but sort of what is really interesting and compelling and, and challenging. And uh, yeah, that's just, I just thought I'd uh, sort of point out that mm -hmm. that has come up in every single sort of recording or every single, the other two recordings that we've done. Definitely, definitely good advice for, uh, for I mean, for you and me as well, Molly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, do you think there are any modules that get tend to get year on year slightly overlooked by students um, in the philosophy department? Yeah, I'm not so sure about that uh, because uh, from where I stand, I haven't been able to detect a pattern about unpopular modules. Um, but that might just be me. So uh, if you're very concerned about that question. I suppose you could reach out to other students uh, within PPE. Um, but of course, everybody is going to have a highly subjective perspective on that as well. So I'm not, I'm not sure if that would actually reveal that much more information. So again, given that it's kind of hard to determine that, I would base my assessment more on you know, what might be challenging and interesting and inspiring for me, um, while obviously kind of putting it into perspective based on conversations with your peers. Yeah, very interesting, especially the sort of the the interdisciplinary uh, nature of the degree sort of lends or, or is evident in the uh, dissertation option. So if we right. could sort of change up to have a look at that quickly, I'd like to sort of keep this uh, quite open in just hearing your thoughts on the philosophy part of the dissertation for students who choose as one of the two disciplines that they look at to go down the philosophy route. Hey, yeah, excellent question. So uh, it's obviously a very exciting opportunity for students to write a dissertation. Um, when making the decision on whether to pursue the dissertation path or not, um, I guess multiple considerations are relevant. So one consideration might be something like, do I have a strong interest in independent research or do I actually prefer to have shorter term and more predefined tasks? So no one of these is better than the other or you know, more intellectually rewarding or challenging than the other. So, you shouldn't, you shouldn't rank these two paths uh, in a particular way, I think. I think both of them can be really good and challenging and interesting. Uh, so ultimately, that's more a matter of personal preference. I think that in particular, students who are really thinking about potentially uh, doing a postgraduate degree or students who are drawn to career paths that involve a lot of independent uh, kind of self-driven research. Uh, so for instance, policy analysts um, or you know, other types of civil servant roles or certain private industry roles that involve uh, a lot of independent long-term project work. Those kinds of student audiences might be particularly interested in testing that out in the context of a dissertation project where you still have a little bit of guidance. You still have very regular meetings with your supervisor. You obviously exchange ideas with other students who are also writing dissertations in your broad area. And then PPE also has many support events that we put on. So under those conditions, uh, it's quite a helpful experience to be able to test out whether you, know, you actually do like this kind of working. 
Uh, and you might find out that you in fact do, and then you have a really strong foundation for going on either to postgraduate study or for particular career paths outside of academia. Um, or, you know, you might find out that actually the dissertation is um, kind of a great big independent research project that you're doing, but ultimately you would like your daily career life, your daily work life after the dissertation to look a little bit differently. Uh, I think that's also an incredibly valuable insight. So you can use the dissertation uh, both as a new challenge and as a heuristic uh, that can inform a lot of the other decisions you might make now or in the near future. Uh, so that's a bit about the dissertation. Uh, just kind of contrast that with um, you know, people who are maybe a little bit hesitant to embark on dissertation research. Uh, if that's the case for you, talk to your PPE supervisor. Uh, so I want to avoid students uh, self-selecting out of this opportunity, but I also want to avoid students self-selecting into it because, you know, for some reason they feel like uh, they have to or, you know, uh, because uh, they should somehow, maybe uh, some of your peers are doing the same. So it's really important to kind of tailor this decision to you specifically and what you enjoy. And getting feedback on that from somebody who knows you well will be really, really crucially important. So reaching out to your supervisor and potentially also reaching out to people who've just taught you in certain modules where you were particularly active could be a very good heuristic for you. All right, so we're just moving right on to the, uh, right onto the tail end here. If we could talk a little bit about deadlines and where students can uh, sort of go to find out more if they haven't been fully informed by those videos on the VLE and the, uh, and the podcast. Uh, but to start with the deadlines, what does the module choice sort of process look like uh, this year from the from the philosophy department? And uh, how might that be different or difficult? And how can students sort of go about it well? Hmm. Well, we've uh, made a lot of efforts, uh, especially uh, this year during the pandemic, to make sure that everything runs smoothly and that we have consistency across multiple departments. Uh, so the best place to uh, go for information about deadlines uh, is the VLE and other relevant websites within PPE because we make sure that those are up to date. Uh, so all of the latest information, including any changes, uh, will be announced there. So that's the safest place to check. Uh, now, in terms of uh, anything that philosophy does differently, um, as I mentioned, we've tried to make sure that uh, we're consistent with uh, other members of PPE. So uh, there's no need to be concerned about any special exceptions as long as you follow the information that is publicly available to everyone. Uh, there's you know, nothing that you will overlook. And, and just to finish, uh, if students have sort of further questions and concerns, and uh, you already mentioned going to the department and perhaps your, your supervisor, is there anything sort of beyond that that uh, sort of students might be unaware of in things that might assist them in making these module choices for next year? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, ju I'm just gonna take the opportunity again to just uh, reiterate for everyone uh, where they should go if they wanna reach out to the department in the first instance, but they don't have a specific faculty member in mind. Uh, so the again, the email address for that would be philosophy at york.ac.uk. Uh, and so that uh, email address will connect you with our staff. 
so the, the staff members uh, who are in charge of monitoring that email account will be best placed to actually then connect you to the person who is the most informed about your specific question. So that's a really good tool to use if you know, you're kind of confused about who you would even ask in the first instance. And so they will also be the most likely to know if anything might not be on your radar as a student. So that's usually the best and safest option if there are any confusions. All right, I gotcha. So all that's left to say is thank you for coming on and uh, informing us just about uh, and sort of the first and second year students making module choices for next year on uh, how it's all going to work. And uh, yeah, thank you. And thanks, Molly, for helping with the interview. Thanks for having me, Mark and Molly. Thanks for coming along and thanks for having me as well, Mark.